excited about this day and so grateful that you have decided to join us. And I, hopefully you will too by the time you leave. <clears throat> Our desire every morning that we're here is that we wouldn't just tell you about God, but that you'd actually have a chance to engage with him. This living God who really loves us and that we'd really connect with him. And that's why we did this series called Hello, My Name Is. Because it's, Jesus said eternal life is not that you get to just live forever. Eternal life is that you know the one true God. That you know this, this true God. And so the Bible has just given us these names and these names of God. Isn't that beautiful? Just listen to these kids say those names. And every name revealed something about who this true God was. And so our desire for you and for me, I want to know him. Because the more I know him, in fact, there's another verse I love. It says, we have everything we need for life and for godliness which means to have a God-centered life through our knowledge of him. And it doesn't mean head knowledge. It means personally, intimately, really knowing him. So that's why we did this series. And as Mike said, uh, today we're going to be looking at a father. And by the way, I'm supposed to introduce myself. I'm Dave Nelson. And uh, for those of you who are here for me for the first time, I'm the lead pastor here at K2. And, And so again, on behalf of all of us, thank you so much for being here this morning. So we're looking at father, but really we're looking at a different word. And it's a word, it's an Aramaic word, which I'm going to explain here in a minute. It's called Abba, okay? Now, I don't know about you, but if you're my age and you hear the word Abba, Excellent. Thank you so much. Would you guys come to second service too? <clears throat> and half of you now are going, I am out of here. If that's what God is, I'm out. He's bad 70s music. Oh, no, bad. I'm oh, sorry. Sorry. There was no bad 70s music. Uh, all right. So guys, so here's what Abba was. As I said, Abba was the Aramaic term um, that meant Papa. It, was, it, was, it meant Daddy. It was the actual intimate, more intimate word that was said to a father when a little kid, and eventually it started off as what a little kid would say to their dad in, when they were home. So it was just this, it, it had a sense of warmth and affection, of trust, and obedience. Um, but eventually what they found, looking back and studying this, when kids got older, they would still actually call their father Abba because there was a warmth there and there was an affection. There was a, a real relationship that was happening with their dad. So they would say Abba. In fact, it's really interesting. There's a guy here at K2 who actually goes over to Israel on a kind of a regular basis. And he said, you'll still hear, he still hears people using the word Abba. Just in, in their conversation, just Abba. Just out of curiosity, um, how many of you uh, grew up and you called your father Papa? Anybody call your father Papa? Okay. Nobody. All right, good. How many? How, oh, we got one. Thank you very much. All right. How many of you called um, Daddy? How many use Daddy. Okay. Oh, wow. Quite a few of you. How many of you just used dad? All right. A lot of you. How many of you used father? Wow. 
I'm sorry. I just wasn't expecting that. Hmm. Does that, is that shock anybody else? Like it's, no, it doesn't shock you. So, okay, so let me, it's formal. Exactly. So now let me ask you a question. In your normal conversation with God, and when you pray to him, how many of you just use the word dad? Two of you. This is going to be good. (laughs) Wow, this is going to be good. Okay, we need to really pray, you guys. And here's why. Because as soon as you throw out the word dad, this, I assume when I was thinking about that this week, I just thought, this is going to, this is probably the toughest name of God to actually understand. And the reason it's so hard to understand is because we are so prone to put our dad's face on God. That's why, I guarantee you, that's why none of you call God dad. Because you can't get past your earthly dad. And for some of you, if today, as I talk about your dad, it's going to be like, oh, really? You mean that God could be like my dad? That'd be awesome. And some of you are going, oh, please. (laughs) Anything but that. And both in a way just because you had conflict with your dad, but some of your dads were just, they they were abusive to you, actually. Some of your dads left you. Some of your dads never spent any time with you at all. And so to think that God might be your dad could be tough, okay? So let's pray. So interesting that none of us call our dad father. And none of us call God dad. I'm telling you, there's a huge disconnect in this room. And I'm telling you right now, God wants to take that disconnect and do this with it. I believe with all my heart, he's going to meet you today. And every single one of us could walk out of here with a completely different understanding of who our God is. I think you're going to be glad you're here. Let's pray. Okay, Dad, here we are. A lot of us in this room are your kids. And the only thing we've ever dared call you is Father, maybe. It's too formal to call our own earthly father that, but... For some reason, it feels like the only thing we can call you. So I want to thank you that on this morning, you want to open up your word to us and tell us who you are. I know 
man, I know what you've been doing for me in the last couple months and six weeks. I just pray, Lord, today that you would do that in here, and I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let me just start off. I'm going to read, this is, read a couple passages for you um, where we get this idea from the Scripture that God is Abba, that he's your dad, okay? Um, Galatians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. When the set time had fully come, when it was time, God sent his son, born of a woman and born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent his spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit that cries out, Dad. That's <laughs> awesome. Romans 8.15, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba. That's not the right stuff, is it? Oh, it is. Oh, that top one. Okay, I just want to make sure. We cry, Abba, Father. Now, you guys, here's what's really interesting. In Jewish circles and in Jewish literature, you will never find the, the Jewish people addressing God as Abba. You'll never find it. They address God as what we've been talking about the previous two weeks. They address him as Yahweh, right? And if you were here then, that word Yahweh is so far beyond us, they couldn't even say the name because he's so holy. He's so other than us. This is the God. Yahweh is the one who created everything. He's way beyond us. He's huge and all-powerful and mighty and strong, and he's so holy, and he's so perfect, and he's so right that you get in the presence of Yahweh, right, and you fall on your face. And that is who God is, okay? He wanted to make sure. In fact, he says the whole, we, we touched on this a few weeks ago, that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. The fear of God is the, actually the beginning of this thing. You got to start where you understand that God is so far beyond you, so much more than you are, and he's holy. See, the Jewish people got that. And then last week we talked about that God says, and I'm your redeemer. I'm your redeemer. And the Jewish people got that too. They talked about it all the time. Remember, God, who brought you out of Egypt? Because that wasn't right. Remember last week, we are talking about, here's what's right. God says, you're my people and I'm your God. That's what's right. Being enslaved to something else where you are not in my, your rightful place, that's wrong. And you need to know what I am. I'm a God who comes on behalf of my people and I take what was right and became wrong and I make it right again. <laughs> I make you mine again and I come with a mighty outstretched arm. Man, and, and the Jewish people got that. We know God. We know Yahweh is our redeemer. Yahweh, who's strong and powerful, will come and deliver us. But they would never use this phrase. It wouldn't even enter their mind. So when I was thinking about this, the guy who wrote Galatians and Romans was this guy named Paul. And initially his name was Saul. And Saul was the top Jew of the Jews. This guy was educated beyond anything. He knew the scriptures inside and out. If anybody knew who God was, it was Saul. 
If anybody had any questions, you go ask Saul. He knows God. He knew Yahweh and he knew Redeemer. Big time, theologically got it down. And then one day he's walking down the road and he runs in to Jesus. Okay? And Jesus impacts him. It's a great story. It's a miraculous, supernatural story. And what happens in that moment is Saul's eyes get opened. Well, first he gets blinded, but then his eyes get opened. And when they get opened, he realized that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And he put his faith in him, and he received his spirit. And here's what freaked me out this week. And as soon as Saul, who became Paul, received the spirit of God, his heart changed. And he found himself crying out, Daddy, you guys follow this. For Paul... Yahweh, who's so powerful, who lives to redeem, who's holy and righteous, as soon as his spirit comes inside and touches Paul, Paul goes, Yahweh is my dad. All I could think of is, that had to freak him out. He must have been going, what? What is going on in here? That's unbelievable. It would have completely transformed his life, and it did. And so he wrote to us, and he's tried to help us to understand, oh my goodness, when you really run into God, you're going to find out that he's your dad. He's your daddy. Those are seemed, I guess those are our two words that we used in our, in our own intimate relationship with our earthly father. So let me just, let me just uh, bust through. What I'm going to do today is I'm going to share with you three things from the passage that Paul, Romans and the Galatians passage, so that you can understand what's true about God and therefore what's true about you hugely important. And then after that, I'm going to talk to you about how do we relate to our God as a dad? How do we do that? All right? So let's hear, here we go, man. If grab your note, you know, if you're a note taker at all, if you're not, get your stuff out and write this stuff down because this is really, really important for us. Okay? The first thing that we see that happens to us once we receive Christ in this, in this Galatians passage is we realize I'm a child and I'm not a slave. You are no longer a slave. Okay? Now, most of you have never been a slave, so I don't know if we can fully appreciate that. But in that culture, they were around slaves all the time. And man, when they talked slavery, they knew what it was, and to be free was awesome. Okay? Look at these passages, Romans 8, 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 7. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. So another, in, in another one of those verses, it says that God sent his son to redeem those under the law. And again, we looked at this last week. To redeem means, again, you took something that was under slavery, that was a normal way, and you paid a ransom and you brought it back. Here's what's really interesting, you guys. In the Romans passage, what he's telling us is that we have been slaves to sin. You have been slaves to sin. There's something inside of you that just completely denies God. There's something inside of you that wants to live for yourself more than God and more than others. And it's in every single human being and you're a slave to it. And we follow that. And he says, you're not that anymore. You are no longer a slave to sin anymore. In Galatians, he's talking about that we are slaves to the law. 
And so what that means is you are slaves to this unbelievable pressure to have to perform and to do things that were right to hopefully be acceptable to God. And he looks at us and he goes, guess what? You're no longer a slave to the law. You don't have this pressure. You don't have this master over you who's demanding that you be good enough to be accepted to God. You're not a slave anymore. See, those are both really good news. You guys catch that? You don't have to be a slave to sin anymore, and you don't have to be a slave to this burden of the law anymore. You're not a slave. What are you? You're free, which is really cool, and you're? Yeah, you're his kid. That's awesome. You're not a slave. You're my kid. You know what was so interesting is in the prodigal son story, if you don't know that story, it's this amazing uh, parable that Jesus shared, where he, was just, he shared how this dad had these two sons, and one of the sons just wanted his inheritance. He goes, hey, and basically in that culture, if you said, I want my inheritance, you were saying, dad, I wish you were dead, so I could just have what I want. And his dad said, okay, take it. And so he took his inheritance, and he left his dad, and he just totally squandered it on all this wild living and partying, and just, he just lived it up, okay? The other son stayed home, and he was very dutiful. He did everything that his dad wanted him to do. He was trying to be right, and he was trying to do the good thing. And what's so interesting in, those, in that story, when you really dive into it, is you realize one son was a slave to sin, and the other son was a slave to the law. And neither of them knew their dad. And neither of them had a heart for their dad. So the one guy's like, man, I'm going to go off and I'm just going to live my life up for me and I'm going to do whatever I want. And the other guy's going, and I'm going to do everything right because if I do everything right, then my dad must do this for me. So he's like, he's still about him. You guys get that? See, here's what I know. All of us in this room, at some level or another, are either a slave to sin. And it's so sad because that means there's the controlling factor in your life is you. The controlling factor in your life is you're going to live for yourself and you, and you just don't want to do what God wants to do. And, and you can't put your faith in him. And, and what's so cool is Jesus came, God sent his son so that you would no longer be a slave to this thing inside of you called sin that keeps you from God. But, but my guess since we're in church is there's a whole lot of you as well who you have been a slave to the law and you're the righteous son, Right? You're the one who's trying to do everything right and do all that you can and you have this unbelievable burden on top of you because you never quite know if you're good enough for your dad. And Jesus says, or God says, I sent my son to set you free to redeem those who are under the law because living under that pressure isn't right. And I'm gonna take you out of that and I'm gonna make you my kid. And when the sinner came home, what'd he do? threw a party and came and ran him and hugged him and just feasted. And when the righteous son said, why are you loving him? Right, because that's what religious people do. Hey, I'm the one who's good here. Why am I not getting all that stuff? And what does dad say to him? Dude, you've been with me the whole time. Everything I have is yours. But the righteous son was missing it because he was under the law. You guys find that? You see that? Here's what I want to tell you right now. If you're religious and you're under the law and you're trying to be good enough for God, you are not where he wants you to be. He wants you to be free from that. 
And if you find that you've got something inside of you that continues to make you do things that are against God, you're not where you want to be or where you're supposed to be. And he's just saying, I come to set you free. Okay, that's enough on that one. I, I could preach forever on all these because they're so good. All right, so the first one, he tells us, you're no longer a slave. You're not a slave to sin and you're not a slave to the law. You're my kid. It's not about what controls you. It's about being in communion with me. It's about being in relationship with me. Okay, the second thing we learn is that we're a child, and the only way that we know God as our Father is by the work of His Spirit in our life. We're a child by the work of the Spirit. Okay, look at this. Galatians 4, 6. Because you are His sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out Abba, Father. Now, look at that verse. Who did the work here? Who does it? God sends the spirit of his son into your heart. And then it says that that spirit who's inside of us is the one who actually calls out Abba Father. In Romans, those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. See, I'm just gonna, I think I'm just gonna share this one shortly. This, you guys, to know God as your dad. In other words, to know him rightly. To know him at all. You don't get to know God as your dad by doing a lot of theological study. There are a lot of people who study and are so in the head game about God that they never know him as a kid. You don't come to know God as your dad by study and you don't come to know God as your dad by moral behavior. And here's what I know. If I ask almost anybody, hey, how's your relationship with God going? People immediately go to quiet time. Well, I'm not, I'm, I haven't been spending as much time with him as I really should lately. Why? Why do we go there? Because we think <clears throat> if I study more and if I do what he wants me to do, then somehow I'll know God. Here's, you guys, this is so critical to understand. You don't know God as your dad. No, okay, let me be careful here. By the way, I study all the time. Okay? It's not, everybody don't throw your Bibles away, okay? Very, very critical to study and know God. And he actually, once he gets in you, he actually likes you to do, he, he, he helps you do good things, okay? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. You won't know God as your dad by trying to do good things for him. And you won't know God as your dad by just trying to figure him out with your head. The only way you know God as your dad is by faith. And as soon as you put your faith in Christ, he gives you his spirit, the very spirit of his son. And once his spirit gets inside of you, there is a dramatic spiritual transformation that takes place and now you know him. And you know what's wild? How many of you know him like that? Okay, about half of us. Here's what's wild. Try to explain that to somebody. It's hard, isn't it? 
Because it's spiritual, it's deep, it's so beyond us, and yet it's so real. (laughs) And the reason it's so real is because his spirit is inside of you, testifying. He's bearing witness. He's saying, awesome, I'm in you. I'm in you, I'm in you, and you're my kid. You're my kid, you're my kid. That's the only way the deep knowledge of God comes through faith. Not through moral behavior and study. You got to believe. Jesus said the work of God is just to believe. Let him in and he'll do the work. And then the third thing these passages teach us is once you're his kid, you're his heir. Okay? Now, I don't know. How many of you right now, you know, man, you're an heir? Anybody in here an heir? Okay, that's what I thought, like two of you. See, wouldn't that be cool to be an heir? I mean, because seriously, if you're called an heir, what are you? You know this. What are you? Yeah, you're rich, baby. Maybe not right now, but you're going to be someday. Or maybe you are not. That's just an awesome term. Look at Galatians 4, 7. You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you an heir. Romans 8. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. So this, I mean, I've studied this many times because I'm like, I want to know. In, in Ephesians, he says, I actually pray that the eyes of your heart might be opened so that you might know the incredible inheritance that's yours. I'm like, yeah, if I'm rich, I'd like to know that. You guys, you know what our inheritance is? You know what we received once you, once you became a kid? Is you received him. You know what your inheritance is? Your inheritance is the very spirit of God. Your inheritance is now the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is now in you. The ways of God, everything that's right, all the wisdom, the love, the joy, the peace, the strength, the endurance, all that God is. Here's here's what your inheritance is. All that God has is yours. How's that feel? That's what I thought. Now, if if I told you you had $2 million, you'd be like, what? Bring it out. See, here's what's weird. So here's God saying, I don't have $2 million for you. I've got me. I've got everything you need for life. I give you my spirit, and you are my kid. Um, some guy he, he, that I was studying this week, he said he was at a funeral. This is a good illustration of this. And at the funeral, the, uh, the son of the, the dad who passed away got up, and this was his quote. The greatest inheritance my father left me was not what he had, but what he was. He was a man of integrity. He was humble and often admitted his own failures. He was generous and compassionate. And above all, he was a man of deep faith in God. That's the inheritance that I most treasure, the inheritance of the character of my father. I think that's the best way to help you understand the inheritance that you get is you get God's spirit inside of you and you finally know who you are and he sets you free from sin and he sets you free from the law and he brings you into communion with God and he empowers you to live the life that you were created to live. And that is why Jesus said eternal life, really living, is knowing me. And that's your inheritance. You guys, you know what's so interesting in here? is this whole idea is an idea of adoption. 
And it says the spirit you receive brought about your adoption and to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption. You know, uh, Christian's over in the other building right now and he's adopted two kids. And he just shared with me a couple of things that when he thinks about this that were so help us to understand what happens when we become kids. Kobe, the little boy that he, that he adopted, he said what was interesting when they first brought him into their family. Kobe knew, it's like, okay, wow, this is my new family. But it was really awkward. Does that make sense? He's like, okay, I'm in this family, but I don't know really how to do this. And so he saw, he, what he said was, most of Kobe's actions were really mechanical. Like, okay, I think they want me to do this, so I'll do this. And because I want to somehow please this new family, and I want to make sure that they love me. Does it? I mean, wouldn't you do the same thing? Okay. How many of you, when you got into God's family, did the same thing? Okay, three honest people. Um, <laughs> Because you, you, you come into God's family and the same thing, it's like, okay, I'm in God's family, but uh, okay, I better hope, hope I do what's right. And you, you, all your love is mechanical and you're trying to figure out how to do this thing. And then eventually what happened is Kobe started to realize, wow, these, they really love me. And he began to really trust him. And once he could trust him, all of a sudden all the me- mechanics went away. And now he just runs up into Christian's arms because he knows he's loved. So you guys, here's the point I just want to share with you. It's gonna, you're going to grow into understanding your God as a dad, okay? And, um, and I just want to share with you real quick my journey with this. <clears throat> my, for years, probably about 18 years of being a follower of Christ, and I need this chair, by the way, um, 18 years of my walk with God Every time I prayed, I always prayed, Lord. I don't know about you guys when you pray. How many of you pray when you pray? You pray, Lord. Okay. See, I automatically would pray, Lord. I would try to pray, Father, and I couldn't even do it. I just, there was so much stuff in my head about Father that I couldn't quite go there. And then I had this awesome, really cool experience with my dad. And once that happened... All of a sudden, thanks, man. Once that happened, all of a sudden, I was able to pray, Father. And I'm telling you, my relationship with God completely changed. So, for the last 27, uh, 19 years, I've been praying, Father, every morning, Father, Father, and I'm enjoying that, you know. And then, uh, about six weeks ago, I was at a pastor's prayer group together. And, uh, this guy, uh, Robert Geiler, who's a pastor up north here, and he's crazy, he's an Irish dude, love this guy, he's a really cool dude, so I'm going to try to do an Irish accent, please forgive me, all right? <laughs> so, but basically, he, he just shares this cool story that he had, and he goes, yeah, I was just sleeping, and how was that, was that all right? I know, anyway, he goes, I, I was sleeping at night, and all of a sudden, my dad was, just woke me up in the middle of the night. That's bad, I'm not even going to try. All right. <laughs> Can you tell I'm not an actor? <laughs> you know, hey, we've all seen some actors do some pretty bad Irish accents, too, so... So he said, but he goes, I'm, I'm in the middle of the night. He goes, my dad wakes me up. And he all of a sudden he says, hey, to my spirit, he goes, hey, the roof on your church is totally destroyed. Remember all the windstorms they had up there in the north? And so he, right in the middle of the night, he's like, well, that's kind of weird. It looks fine. And, and he woke up in the morning and he said, well, since my dad said that, he goes, I better go ahead and check it out. So we called up a guy and had him come and check out the roof. And actually what happened is the wind came in and I didn't know, he didn't know this could happen either. It came under the shingles and literally, whoom, it just, it, it just takes them and they, they rip right off and then they lay right back down. And they're completely off the roof, but they look like they're fine. 
And in the middle of the night, he said, my dad just woke me up because he wanted me to know my roof wasn't okay. And I just thought, you know, that's, isn't that a cool story? And they were able to totally take care of the roof, and now everything's fine. But you guys, I went home like you. I had never heard anybody just call God dad like that. I would have said, God woke me up in the, wouldn't you? God woke me up in the middle of the night, and man, God helped me with this, and God, and this guy's like, got something cool going on here. Because he's like, my dad woke me up. So the next morning, I'm sitting there, and I'm having my time, and I just feel like God's spirit is saying to me, it's time to start calling me dad. Because as somebody said down here, father is so formal. And dad is so intimate. And then that day was February 10th. And February 10th is my mom's birthday. And there is no one outside of my wife who has loved me like my mom. And I started thinking about this unbelievable parental love that I got from my mom. And when I was gone on my sabbatical this summer, one of the things that God revealed to me was that was actually me loving you through your mom. So you thought that, I used to think, man, if God would only love me like my mom. I did. That's how I used to think. And this summer he said, uh, uh, I do. <laughs> so on February 10th, my mom's birthday, he's telling me that he wants me to be my dad. And right in the middle of this, my heart's just expanding. My, my little boy Caleb runs in the room because he needs to show me the Darth Vader and the Yoda that he just made, you know? And I looked at him, and my heart just exploded. Like, I can't even tell you how much I love that kid. And in that day, my relationship with God has changed. And for the last six weeks, I've known him as dad. So, come on up here, dude. Would you give it up for my little boy, Caleb? I love this dude, man. There's nothing in the world for me like having two daughters and a son and to be a dad. And lots of times we'll just hang out like this and and, uh, and have a good time. And I just want to share with you as I'm closing a few ways that we interact with God um, as our dad, same way we do. So one of the things, Caleb, that, that I ask you to do, right, is I ask you to trust me and I ask you to obey me, don't I? Yeah. How's that go? Good. <laughs> awesome. And then sometimes I actually have to discipline you. How, how's that go? Bad. <laughs> You don't like the discipline part? Yeah. Yeah, not so much. Yeah. But the other thing I like to do is I love to give you stuff, too. I know. You know? Yeah. Do you get some good stuff from me and Mom? Yeah. Cool. And then um, one of the best parts for you and me, what's the best part about you being my son and me being your dad? I don't know. You don't know? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. I do. All right? Okay. I love you, ma'am. Love you, too. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm going to share with you what the best part is here in just a minute. But let me share with you how we relate to our dad. How do we relate to God as a dad? 
and I'm going to go right to his word. Um, he sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. Okay? That's chapter 4, verse 6 of Galatians. So in Mark, chapter 14, verse 36, it's the other place in Scripture we see Abba. And it's when Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he's getting ready to give up his life to be the sacrifice for the sins of the world. And the Scriptures tell us that he was sweating like drops of blood because there was so much anguish. His soul was overwhelmed to the point of death. I mean, it was just incredible angst. And in the middle of that, Mark 14, 36, it says that Jesus cried out, Abba. In the middle of his darkest moment, he cries out, Dad, Father, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Oh, Dad. <laughs> You can do anything. Would you please take this away? But what I really want is not what I want. What I want is what you want. And the scriptures tell us that when you received Christ, he said he put the spirit of his son inside my heart and inside your heart. You know the one thing that Jesus knew? in the midst of not wanting to do it at all. (laughs) He knew he could trust his father. His father was absolutely trustworthy and he had complete confidence in him. And so because he trusted him and because he had complete confidence in him, what did he do? He obeyed him. John 14, 31, Jesus says, the world must learn I love the father and I do exactly what he commands me to do. How many of you want your kids to be like that? (laughs) I mean, right? And why do you want your kids to obey you? Because everything you're asking for them is what? It's the best for them. It's what's good. It's what's right. So you guys, one of the ways that we need to relate to God, as soon as you find out, oh, he's my dad. Now get your earthly dad out of the picture and put this holy, loving dad in the picture. And the way we relate to him is we trust him. And we have confidence in him. And because of who he is, because he knows way more than you and I do, just like we know more than our kids, we obey him. That's the first one. Second one is this. Is he's trustworthy and good. That's number one. Number two is he will discipline us. (laughs) Because that's what dads do. If you're a good dad. If you're not a good dad and you just want to hang out or you don't really care about your kids, do nothing. Let them do whatever they want. Cater to every one of their whims and their needs and watch your kid go wacko, okay? Look at the scripture, Hebrews 12. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. It's so fun. So Caleb, is following me, doing what I ask? Is that good? Yeah, is 
I also discipline you. Is that good? No. That's bad. And when God disciplines us, it feels bad. It's never pleasant at the time. But if you don't have a God who's your dad, if your dad, if your heavenly dad is not care about your life and try to keep you in where, what is good for you, if he doesn't train you up, right? A good parent is what I'm so trying to be better at is to train up my kids so that they'll become who I really want them to be. Because if I just let them go, they're never going to get the character, right? It takes discipline and training to have character. And God knows that's true about you too. And I just want to tell you, so it was so interesting to me. I can't, I can't, I mean, I wish I had two weeks to give this message because I wish I could share with you how beautiful and strong and yet kind and gentle. I just, oh, I just, these last six weeks, God has so been speaking to me in a completely different way. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I think I'm just, he's not speaking differently. I'm hearing him differently because I understand more of who he is. So interesting to me that right when he starts coming in this really loving, caring, securing way, you know what I hear him say to me? I hear him say to me, okay, David, now I don't want you to be who you are. And this is going to sound so goofy to you guys. But again, I I need an hour to tell you how this journey but I know that God was sharing with me. Nelson? No, he wasn't saying Nelson. He was saying David. David, we got to get these sports out of your life. Now, I know you guys don't know me. I, I use sports illustrations, but you don't know me. My dad was a phys ed teacher, coached football, basketball, and baseball. As a kid, I didn't play with lots of different things. I played sports baseball cards, football cards, played them, love them. It's just who I am. So if I recreate, that's what I recreate with. That's what I love. If I, if I need to get away and read something, that's what I read about. It's just my way. That's just, it's just who I am. And so God comes as, as a dad to me and he says, okay, we got to get those out of your life. Man, I wrestled with him. I, you know, I was such a kid, you know, yeah, I'm right. When you tell your kids something, you know, Mariah, she's the great, she's the great arguer, right? You got kids and they've got all these justifications for what they're doing and they argue with you and well, maybe we should do this or how about if I do this, but not do this. That's exactly what I was doing with God. Long story short, man, it, he just would not let me go. Every time I'd sit down with him, very gently, very strongly, very lovingly, I felt like I heard the spirit say to me, David, you know I have so much more for you. And it was cool. I actually, I felt like he said, I like sports too. They're just in the wrong place in your heart. Give them up. Completely. So on Tuesday before Lent, I did. This has been a, I have been so irritable lately. (laughs) I'm serious. Ask Susie. She's like, What's up with you? I'm going through a detox right now. <clears throat> and um, because I can't watch them, I can't read about them, I can't listen to them on the radio, I can't. They need to be completely out of my life. And I hate it, and I'm really excited. Because I know he's disciplining me, and he's training me, and he wants me to be everything I'm supposed to be. And eventually sports will be in the right place in my life. I hope. 
So that's it. He disciplines you. Number three is we need to relate to God as a dad who gives us good gifts. Jesus tried to help us understand that in Luke 11. It says, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? <laughs> okay. Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Yeah, probably not. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Another version says he will give you, the, he will give you good gifts. And I, I just know that this is what I'm trying to, to, you guys, for us to understand. He's a dad. And as a dad, I love to, I do, you can see Caleb, right? He goes, yeah, I get good stuff. I love to give my kids stuff. I really do. But um, about a um, year and a half ago, I, a confession to everybody, I just don't like dogs. And sorry, I know most people do. And my kids wanted a dog so bad. And I wouldn't do it. It's not going to have a dog. If you guys prove to me you can totally take care of it and I have nothing to do with it, then we'll talk, right? And one morning, I'm just praying and I'm having my time with God. I'm praying and the Holy Spirit says to me, I just, in my mind, I start having this conversation with God. And all of a sudden it hits me. It's like, man, people actually like dogs. It's beyond me. And apparently it's actually good for kids to have dogs. I see you hear that. Crazy stuff. And then I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, and your kids will never have that experience. Why? Because you're selfish. Because the only person you're thinking about is you. Yeah, don't you love when God just nails you? You know, so the scripture says, you who are evil know how, know how to give good gifts to your kids. I'm evil and I don't know how to give good gifts to my kids. That's basically what I felt like he was telling me. And um, so I, I did, I just knew in that moment I had to do it. So I walked into the, Susie was taking a shower in the morning and I walked in and I said, I think we're getting a dog. <laughs> and, um, and I walked out and I took the kids and I sat them on the couch and I just confessed to him and I said, I am so sorry. I just was praying with God and he made it very clear to me. I have just been really selfish. And I have not allowed you the beauty of having a dog because I don't want one. So we're going to get a dog. Now, that was a year and a half ago. Because they kind of forgot about it, which was kind of weird. And then a few weeks ago, a family here in the church needed to give up a dog. And I, they put it on K2 Axe. And I read it. And as soon as I read it, I felt like God said, now. And so, but no, that's not him. There we go. <clears throat> So now we have a dog. I took this picture and I sent it to my family and my brother texted back. He goes, who are you and what have you done with my brother? He goes, I'm going to miss him. But I just, you know why I did that, you guys? You know why I did that? Because God asked me to, because I needed to surrender. You know why I'm not having sports in my life at all? Because I really believe I have a dad who loves me and so I'm going to trust him and I'm going to let him, I'm going to submit to the Father of my spirit and live. And I want my kids to know that God, as their dad, does give good things. He is so not selfish like me. Here's the last one, and then we got to close. Mary, why don't you guys come on up? The last thing we need to know is that uh, about our dad, more than anything else, is he just wants to be with us. He just wants to be with us. Caleb didn't give the right answer at the end. I took him to uh, Planet Play. Anybody been to Planet Play? 
Okay, it's this yeah, little girl smiling. Woohoo! I mean, it's awesome. I mean, there are go karts in there, and putt putt golf, and laser tag, and a million different video games, and food out the gazoo, and and we just had a blast. It was so much fun. And we get in the car, and we're driving home. And I and I said, man, so Caleb, which part of Planet Play did you love the most? And he's sitting in the back in his little car seat, and he goes, man, Dad, the best part was being with you. I go, are you six? (laughs) The best part. (laughs) I think our God so wants to hear us say, ah, the best part. It's just being with you. I want to tell you this. The best part for your dad is being with you. And he would do anything. He would pay any cost to redeem you from a life of sin, to redeem you from a life under the law. He would send his son and allow his son to go through gruesome torture for the sin of this world for one reason. You know why? Because he wants to be with you. That's it. You know what's right in this life? Is being with God. What's right is his spirit being inside of us. Being redeemed, being completely forgiven, being reconciled back to God. That is eternal life. And your dad loves to be with you. More than anything in the world. He created you to know you and to fill you up with himself. And so I know some of you are here today and you've, you've, you're still in the orphanage. You're, you're sitting in an orphanage. And last week we talked about how you're still sitting in the prison cell and Jesus completely set you free and you're redeemed. He redeemed the whole world. It's just a matter if you want to put your faith in him. Because if, as soon as you put your faith in him, the Spirit will come inside you and you will become His kid. You will. Today, some of you are, you're living in an orphanage and you could have a dad who loves you. And all you gotta do is put your faith in Jesus Christ and say, I want you. I believe in you. I talk with some of you. You actually want God. That's why you're here. You want God, but you won't take the step to put your faith in Christ so his spirit could actually come inside you and you'd finally know him. And once that happens, you receive eternal life. And I want to encourage you today could be your day. And then uh, the other thing I know is this. I've been walking with Jesus for over 30 years and he just helped me to figure out how close he really wants to be with me. I got adopted. It's awkward. I'm getting it. And some of you are his kids and you just need to know how close he wants to be with you. So let's stand together and let's worship together and let's enjoy this God. Let's let's celebrate how close he wants to be with you. And if you need to just say, hey, I'm up for adoption. If you're up for adoption, put your, let him come in and move you. And if you're his kid, let's use this time to sense how beautiful and close he is to us. Let's do it together.